tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC. The International Airport is the ideal place for all your accommodation needs. Why don't you give us a call on 020-4343-009 or visit our website at oasisparkresidences.com to make your reservations. Oasis Park Residences, more than a home. Welcome to Newsnight. In the next 50 minutes. To everybody coming to the meetings, roll your sleeves. Let's continue in that spirit of getting things done. Tonight, more push for support for Ghana from wealthier nations as the IMF and World Bank back claims about the severe impact of the Russian-Ukraine war on economies across the region. A lot of the uh, challenges come from external factors, the, very, the surge in energy prices and food prices as a consequence of uh, uh, the Russian invasion of Ukraine. We have a slowing growth for the region overall to about 3.6% in 2023 from 3.9% uh, last year. 
We have live updates from Washington, D.C. from the IMF World Bank Spring Meetings as Ghana's team meets with Paris Club creditors to establish a partial creditor committee for possible debt restructuring. We also look at the admission of the World Bank president that wealthy nations and financial institutions are unwilling to do business with developing countries. Inequality, that means fragility uh, for countries. And we see more countries falling into uh, fragility. High prices are being applied to food and fertilizer and a concern for the poorest around the world. Also tonight, individual bondholders petitioned President Akufuado demanding payment of all outstanding coupons and interest as accused finance minister of gross breach of trust. And also later, if you're a health worker thinking about seeking greener pastures in the UK, rethink your plans. As the British government says, Ghana should not be actively targeted for recruitment. We must be strategically looking at how we can improve the human resource, nurses and midwives, before we think of moving some abroad. And that is where our difficulty is as an association. We wouldn't want to stand in the way of any nurse. And then later in the bulletin, as part of our uh, John Ustraka series, we assess how medical drone services are impacting healthcare delivery in Jantuakrum, a remote farming community in the Wasa and Memphis West municipality. But for the drones, we just type it, Papa, Papa, John Tuakrum, we need this. Within the next 30 minutes, the drone will be here. It forces you to pick everything. No breakages, everything is there, and it is very convenient. And in business, International Monetary Fund lowers Ghana's growth rate to 1.6% for this year, citing negative impact of global challenges. We have details from the ongoing IMF World Bank Spring Meeting in Washington, D.C. And Radio Adar General is still in police custody and set to reappear in court on April 13 over alleged false publication involving founder of Electrochem, Daniel Macaulay. Basically, it's a victim of persecution, having been accused of uh, uh, defaming you know, the owner of Electrochem. And then later we have the Champions League for you live here on Joy 99.7 FM. Manchester City will take on Bayern Munich. You do not want to miss that or hear on news night my name is evans mentor i am mfr power do join us with your thoughts and comments it's 055 And we start off tonight's edition of Newsnight uh, from Washington, D.C., this time not from Rwanda. Welcome back. <laughs> Where the World Bank IMF spring meetings have begun and Ghana's delegation is getting ready to make a final push for debt cancellation and securing a final $3 billion IMF deal, a deal which is expected to set the ailing Ghanaian economy back on a sound footing. And we understand the team is currently locked up in a meeting with the Paris Club creditors of establishment of a partial creditor committee to negotiate the country's debt and possible restructuring. What government is looking for assurances that the creditors will indeed agree to restructure or forgive our debt. Speaking ahead of the IMF and World Bank spring meetings in Washington, the managing director of the IMF, Kristalina Jujeva, said the fund and wealthier countries needed to make it easier for vulnerable ones to restructure their debts to help minimize the effects of the debt crisis. Uh, our very first uh, loan uh, was uh, to Kyrgyzstan, Kyrgyz Republic, one week after WHO announced the COVID pandemic, 
Since then, we have financed 96 countries. Never in the history of the IMF we have done so much for so many on behalf of countries that find themselves crushed by the burden of debt. We have called for the debt service suspension initiative. And now we are in these meetings, David, and I am so very pleased we can tell our audience we are not letting our guard down on this issue. We are going to have the Global Sovereign Debt Roundtable, bringing for the first time all creditors, traditional, new, public, private, with the debt countries and, and with us, the key institutions, so we can sit around the table and find solutions to what otherwise can be devastating for countries. To everybody coming to the meetings, roll your sleeves, let's continue in that spirit of getting things done. Oh, but beyond the plea for debt cancellation, there is more worry for low-income countries, including Ghana. Here's the president of the World Bank, David Malpass. And a worry that we have for developing countries is the capital inflow, the capital flow right now is out of developing countries. So there's, for many of the developing countries, it looks like they're in a phase of decapitalization rather than recapitalization. That goes with your point that the, instead of having convergence, meaning peop, the, uh, uh, people with lower incomes growing faster than people with with higher incomes so convergence toward a higher level that's not happening right now it's actually a divergence and that's uh, that's gravely concerning that means inequality that means Back for the uh, for countries and we see more countries falling into uh, fragility high prices are being applied to food and fertilizer and a concern for the poorest around the world is the farmers are not able to plant or the, the and if they don't get fertilizer often they won't plant for the crop cycle well also we can now listen to the latest world economic outlook as presented by the world bank and imf at a joint meeting a while ago support monetary objectives appropriately designed fiscal consolidations can help rebuild much needed fiscal buffers and help strengthen financial stability something that we explore in chapter three of our world economic outlook while fiscal policy is turning less expansionary in many countries this year, more could be done to regain fiscal space. Regulators and supervisors should strengthen oversight to ensure any remaining financial fragilities don't morph into a full-blown financial crisis. For emerging market and developing economies, this also means ensuring proper access to the global financial safety net, including the IMF's precautionary arrangements access to central bank swap lines where relevant, and foreign exchange reserves. Exchange rates should be allowed to adjust as much as possible, unless doing so raises financial stability risks or threatens price stability, in line with our integrated policy framework. Our latest projections also indicate an overall slowdown in medium-term growth forecasts. Five-year-ahead growth projections decline steadily from 4.9% in 2011 to 3% this year. Some of this decline is predictable. Growth slows as countries converge. But some of the more recent slowdown may also reflect more ominous forces. The scarring impact of the pandemic, a slower pace of structural reforms, as well as the rising and increasingly real threat 
of geoeconomic fragmentation leading to more trade tensions, less direct investment, and a slower pace of technology adoption and innovation across fragmented blocks. Fragmented world is unlikely to achieve progress for all or to successfully tackle global challenges such as climate change or pandemic preparedness. We must avoid that path at all costs. What about the sub-region uh, where Ghana is currently situated mm -hmm. geographically? Well, the verdict on the sub-region and parts of the Southern Africa was also delivered. Listen. So let me say a few words about the Sub-Saharan Africa, and then I will ask uh, Daniel to come in on Nigeria and, uh, and South Africa more specifically. So, so it, very clearly, the region is suffering from a, a strong funding squeeze that we already discussed. I mean, some of the some of the countries that are facing uh, uh, very elevated spreads. A lot of them are are, are in the region. Uh, a lot of the uh, challenges come from external factors. The very the surge in energy prices and food prices as a consequence of. Uh, uh, the Russian invasion of Ukraine and the uh, tension energy markets uh, is affecting is affecting the region. So we have uh, we have a slowing growth for the region overall to about 3.6 percent in 2023, from 3.9 percent uh, last year. We also have a, a situation where inflation is is elevated. It's double-digit inflation expected to come down uh, from 16 uh, percent, roughly 16 percent, to about 12.3, but still still double-digit inflation. And, and of course. Uh, uh, a very important challenge for the region is uh, uh, as a result of these uh, elevated food prices, we have uh, a, a large number of people who are in situations of food insecurities. With. So there's a lot of challenges that the, uh, the Sub-Saharan Africa is facing right now and all being discussed at the spring meetings. But Ghana in particular was looking forward to today because they were scheduled to hold a very important meeting with the Paris Club. And the last time I checked, that meeting possibly was underway. Uh, George Raffi is in uh, Washington for us and joins us via Zoom right now. George, uh, is this meeting still ongoing and uh, any idea uh, what may be happening and the expectations of our finance minister and his team? Oliver, I'm sorry. I, I still cannot uh, independently uh, confirm as to whether the meeting has ended or not. Uh, but... One thing we are sure will be the outcome of this meeting will be the announcement of what is being described as a partial creditors committee that will then open discussions with Ghana in terms of reaching some agreement on what form the debt restructuring should be for Ghana. So that is what I can confidently say about the outcome of this crunch meeting so this uh, partial creditors committee that should be able to uh, open some discussions with uh, Ghana. But even before that, one quick information, the uh, G24, that is the intergovernmental organization primarily made up of some developing countries in Africa and emerging in Asia as well, the leader or the chairman who is the uh, finance minister of uh, Ivory Coast made one critical a comment during the Q&A. He didn't mention anybody's name, but it was clear that still the concerns of the Paris Club has to do with China not coming on board. So the concern is that what should be the, the, the structure going forward when other countries are coming together to try and reach a deal in terms of how to deal with this uh, global uh, debt issues facing that country, a lot of countries, and China appears not to come on board to be part of this uh, whole arrangement. Rather, you're looking at more of a direct-to-direct -direct government engagement, and that is where the challenge is. So 
we don't know how the, the statement could, will be crafted in terms of going forward what should be the decision in terms of how Ghana's debt will restructure when it comes to the Paris Club. But even don't forget that what the IMF board or the staff is looking for is just the commitment coming from these creditors. So, yes, it could drag, the finalization could take a while. But if today Ghana is able to get that agreement in principle from the Paris Club that we are committed to participating in Ghana's financing program, that could be enough to go to the IMF staff and to go to the board with that argument. It's been we reported, George, quickly, it's been reported that you mentioned the Ivorian finance minister's comment about China being the problem. It's been reported that this meeting with Ghana, uh, with, between us and the Paris Club, may also have the Chinese sitting in it as well. Uh, is it something that you can confirm? I can confirm about them being part of the G24, but I, I cannot confirm about the Paris Club, which is a, a virtual meeting, actually, even. It is not that because you are bringing all these uh, creditors together and some are in different countries, some are didn't make it in the IMF. So I know it's a virtual engagement. But if as well, I can also report that China, in principle, is not against participating in Ghana's uh, restructuring program. I think they, they've made that clear. The challenge will be what form for this restructuring goal. And when the IMF is asking that they want a country to participate in uh, Ghana's financial program. Two things, events. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to a Terms and conditions, Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. One is either you commit to cancellation of Ghana's debt, which means that Ghana is supposed to use that money that has come in to advance to other sectors of the economy in terms of the quick turnaround, or you commit fresh funding. So it looks like more of these countries are gravitating towards the debt cancellation. But also critical is that what are you going to use these funds for? That is where they want to have a critical say. That's where these funds are directed. So, for instance, Ghana is supposed to maybe pay maybe UK like maybe 10 billion pounds or something spread over five years. Now, if UK government is canceling Ghana's debt, they want to have a say in how these funds are used going forward. So, it's not just about a blind check, we're done with you. No, if we are canceling those debts, bring us a document, show us how you're going to use those savings to help restructure the economy so that the never again argument will come up that you don't go back two years time, you're back again for another debt cancellation. Uh, George, thank you very much. Uh, Professor Bokwing is a professor of finance, uh, economies as well, joins us on the telephone line with everything else happening uh, in Washington uh, tonight. Uh, Prof, thanks for your time here on Newsnight. So should we raise our hopes and expectations that at the end of this spring meeting, maybe even before that, we may have secured those commitments that we require to get the IMF Executive Board to give us a, a deal. Yeah, thank you very much. Good evening, Evans, and good evening to our listeners. Yeah, so, I mean, it has been suggested, and I agree largely, that um, this week will prove to be very critical for Ghana in terms of uh, our, our resolve to get IMF-supported program 
And the reason this week is critical is simply because of the IMF World Bank Joint Sprint Meeting. Because there you are going to have all the partners, the country representatives, the finance ministers, and the central bank governors would all converge during the sprint meeting. And therefore, instead of traveling to individual member countries to go and be begging or calling others to beg on your behalf, now everybody is at one place. And thankfully, um, some kind of a, a meeting has been arranged. But what is a bit concerning for me is that it has taken us more than two months to realize that China wasn't going to play along with the, with, with, the, with, with Paris Club creditors. And the reason it's coming to us as a surprise is that we should have known this long ago. And I am sure the West knew this long ago. And Ghana should have known this long ago that in principle, the way China conducts its activities in Africa and other countries is quite different. And also the global geopolitics, the geoeconomic fragmentation and all of that is going to play out in how we are able to get China to play along. Don't forget that China wants to be recognized as a big player and wants to be dealt on its own terms. Remember that given that whoever gives you money controls and directs how your affairs are managed. And, and I agree largely with Georgia when you were saying that even for the Paris Club creditors, if they are going to give us debt relief, they want to have a say in how those fiscal savings will be used, how they will be utilized, and all of that. That in itself is a, is a channel through which other countries interfere in how a, a sovereign nation manages its affairs. Okay, so, so debt trade diplomacy has, has come to stay as a new way of colonization. And that is what is playing out here. Why should China forgive us of our debt if that becomes one channel of obedience? If we've seen that also with the West in the time past. Okay, so I'm thinking that the more we play to this global geopolitics and geoeconomic fragmentation, the more vulnerable countries like Ghana, Zambia, and others will, will suffer when two big elephant fights is vulnerable countries like Ghana and the rest that will suffer simply because these countries also failed to see what was happening or was going to happen and therefore did not do the, the needful. For instance, the IMF is, is predicting that growth is going to decelerate globally and across Southern Africa. But in that same focus, you will see marginality in terms of the differences of how uh, countries are responding to the global shocks, rising energy prices, food crisis, and all of that. Ghana could not cry the same way like other countries because the rising energy prices benefited us in one way or the other because we export oil, okay, and all of that. So what this will, will tell us and teach us is that with a new world order, playing now through the global geopolitics and geoeconomic fragmentation, it's important that countries like Ghana begin to manage our affairs prudently and efficiently because it's harder now getting debt relief, forgiveness, than it's happened in the time past. Mm, like like we got in uh, with, with the HIPIC. But let me ask you very briefly, Prof. So with everything happening with the spring meetings, 
Um, when is your realistic, I guess, estimation that we may possibly get an executive board approval now? Okay, so so now that the, we are told that there's a partial creditor committee being formed, largely driven by the Paris Club creditors, that is not the end of the game, actually, because when it comes to the relief, the terms and the legal processes it has to go through and all of that, it's not like something that you can obtain in, in, in three days or a week or so. So maybe for planning purposes, we should be looking at maybe towards the middle of May, Okay, there uh, uh, about for us to get IMF supported program because after the spring meeting, because Ghana is not the only uh, country on the table. Okay, after the spring meeting, they will sit down and work out the details and all of that. Remember, in the case of April, okay, in terms of how those fiscal savings uh, were used, they had a lot of say. There were documents surrounding it. We had uh, a epic toilet and all those, how it has to be invested and all of that. So there are a lot of things that has to be ironed out. Remember that this kind of debt restructuring in the form of debt relief or maybe fresh funding is not going to happen as quickly as the way the domestic debt exchange happened because government essentially treated domestic credit creditors with contempt mm. right, and, 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 and got away with it. Mm. Prof, thank you very much. And Professor uh, Bokwing there. And, and he ended on the note of the domestic creditors, the bondholders. And tonight, as we speak, individual bondholders have petitioned President Akufado demanding payment of all outstanding coupons and interest as they accuse the finance minister of gross breach of trust. The convener of the Individual Bondholders Forum uh, joins us on the telephone line right now. Senor Jose, thank you for your time here on Newsnight. Uh, and, and I understand that this petition is a joint petition between yourselves and which other um, individual bondholder group? Yes, and the uh, Individual Bondholders Association as well. So it's between, it's with the uh, Individual Bondholders Forum as well as the IBAC, IBAC group. And you say that there are still coupons and interest outstanding, even after the finance minister indicated that uh, they'll be making payments in due course. Um, due course can mean anything. Jesus said it's coming soon. How many years now? How much more human beings can mean due course? You know, and this, uh, this matter has to do with the livelihoods of people. People depend on these to really self-sustain. People are counting on their income, their maturities that are due to take care of major obligations like education, health, and all. We can't be insensitive and non-responsive. And we've been engaging the finance ministry, and God knows that we've been very cooperative with the ministry of finance, and the minister in particular. Everybody there knows that. But we've been engaging just asking. You may not be able to pay things on time. Bring the schedules of payments. We can discuss it, we can negotiate it. But with that, people can plan. How do you plan in due course? And we've had formal engagements, written letters. We actually last asked for a meeting. We've not even been dignified with the response to tell us we are busy. You don't treat creditors like that. But beyond that, you don't even treat your own fellow citizens like that. What does the president mean when he says fellow Ghanaians? Are we really fellows when these things happen? I don't think so. That is not what policy calls policy actors, operators, and makers to do. 
It's very disappointing, very heartbreaking. And we are just expecting that His Excellency the President, whose word has been the basis upon which government is supposed to run, his word and his commitment that people's obligations will be honored, should be duly respected. It's unfortunate. We've had eight payments outstanding. The minister said he was paying from the 13th or so of March. On the 13th, payments were not made. It came after. We had actually told the finance minister, you may have challenges, but as required of you, per the Security Exchange Act, per the Ghana Fixed Income Market Regulations, as expected of even just, just basic courtesy, let people know when you can't. And let us know when you will. We were privileged with that. But we went back to them and said, please, let's not do this. If you're going to have challenges, let people know. So we manage the sentiments and expectations of everybody. Because we are partners in development. Our country is only one. Some of us, we don't have anywhere going. We don't have our children Americans. Our parents are not Americans. We are Ghanaians. So we need to make sure it works. So we can cooperate, Jojo, and put a structure in place. But it's been months on. Evans, months on. And these payments remain outstanding. The government has raised treasury bills. A lot. And this bill for individual bondholders, completely right now, just a billion. And they're not even Jojo. That for me, it's it's a it's, it's a it's a it's a breach of trust. It's a breach of the of the call and responsibility and the duty of care that policyholders have to the government. And I don't think his excellency the president intended this for his own people. Yeah. I, mean, I don't think he intended it when he said in the state of the nation address that he had been impeached, but he wanted to reassure. I don't think that was his intent. That will tell people I'll continue to default and default and default. We don't do that. How are people going to pay their school fees? Can they go and default on their school fees? When somebody has a health emergency, you go and default on your health emergency. The only thing that's going to meet you is death. You can't be this wicked to people. Yeah, I mean, and I don't think that that's intended. So I want to believe that people are too busy to really focus on things too that matter. So we have petitioned His Excellency the President, and we trust on his judgment. That will do that which is honorable. That he's not, he's not going to be a president who wants to speak, speak poetry and act post. But he's out there to honor his word. We can understand the fact that you may have challenges at a moment. But we are partners. And the cooperation that we have actually extended to the Ministry of Finance. There's so much room and ground for us to sit there, even discuss, and come up with a plan. So people can organize their lives, people can manage their lives, and more importantly, self-sustain and give them the dignity. Yeah, I mean, Senor, explain this to me. I mean, so the finance ministry government haven't paid these coupons just around a billion. However, they they had given exemptions to the pension funds, for example. Do you know if they are paying the pension funds while they are not paying dividend bondholders? My brother, there's nothing like exemption. So the fact is that anybody who didn't subscribe was exempted. And those were the words of the finance minister. 
anybody who does anything technically needs a re-education. I can't do much about that. All right, but let's just focus. Nobody, not even the pension funds. You should remember that the pension funds were considered ineligible. Not, not, not throughout this process, and especially the last DD was even the weather exemption even covered. It was you being ineligible or eligible. And if you don't participate, you you self-exempted. The pension funds are not getting their monies. Neither are individual bondholders getting their monies. Neither are individual pensioners also getting their monies. But we are aware that the ministry is negotiating with the pension funds to come up with a new funding structure, which seems even more lucrative than, 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 than even today's treasury bills. I, I, I just hope they can come to some resolution. But as we speak, no holder of those bonds has been paid. The ones that we have indicated, and the portions that are indicated in our petition are the portions only for the individuals. And once pension funds can come up with a structure, individuals don't have the same kind of structure. And I would explain, with the pension funds, anytime there are contributions, the cash contributions can actually go in and service any drawdowns on those, on, on, from, from, from any, any, any pension fund. But the funds that already exist, when they mature, typically you have to keep reinvesting it. Looking at the parameters or the constraints or the, the, the things people are allowed, the pension funds are allowed to invest in, they are more likely to go back into government papers. So it is the same as government say, okay, instead of me paying you right now, let me convert you into... If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC treasury bills or come up to another government instrument at a rate that works for you. I think that is brilliant and the Ministry of Finance is on a nice path as far as that is concerned. But individual bondholders don't have that. People have real needs and they have to be paid. And this actually brings a fraction that are standing to very, very little. And I don't think that we can act so insensitive to people's real livelihoods. The, the individual bondholders, uh, the, the individual pensioner bondholders, have indicated that uh, by the 21st of April, they do not get the payments. They would return to picketing at the finance ministry. Is the individual bondholders association and the individual bondholders forum contemplating joining that protest or embarking on your own? We are, we are in support of what the individual pensioners uh, forum has, has indicated. But we want to try and push for more engagement ahead of that period. But if that doesn't happen, that means that we would have to actually um, um, take on other actions, which I don't want to have as the case. I don't pray, I pray that we don't have to get there. There's no need for us to whip up unnecessary social tensions and do that which we would have to do anyway. When even in this case, the minimum you should be doing is having a conversation with your own people. Which we are taking plane using the people's money to go and meet people who are also credited to have a conversation. But the people we are seeing in our own country with, we can't even extend the dignity of basic respect and courtesy to even sit down with them and talk. Why? Then you come and line up and say we should vote for you. How?
sometimes I don't know how people think, but there has to be a reawakening and realize who their calling and responsibility is. Is to the people of Ghana. And that's why I want to believe that the president, when he takes the stage every time and calls everybody fellow Ghanaians, he truly means it. And not that he actually means other Ghanaians. Mm. Mr. Ossi, thank you very much. Uh, Senor Hossi is a convener of the Individual Bondholders Forum, and as he indicated, their petition has now gone to the President of the Republic uh, to intervene and ensure the payment of these uh, coupons and interest that are still outstanding. Just about a billion uh, CDs. Uh, many of them, some of them due on the 6th of March, 20th of March, 27th of March, 30th of March, and there's even 20th of, of, uh, of February uh, that has still not been uh, paid. We keep a close eye on this, uh, and, and, and bring you updates for many of you who are still affected. So listening to Newsnight is on Joy 99.7 FM. And we do more business now. And uh, Bev is here. Hi, With Evans. more from the spring meetings, I mm, guess. Yes, of course. <laughs> Hello, welcome to the business news on Newsnight, brought to you by MTN Business. Welcome to the new world of business, Ghana Pay and Alliance Live. In our headlines tonight, International Monetary Fund lowers Ghana's growth rate to 1.6% for this year, citing negative impact of global challenges. We have details from the ongoing IMF World Bank spring meetings in Washington, D.C., and managing director of Ghana Stock Exchange, a beat of bears, recording good performance following interest by some companies to raise funds from the capital market. I'm Beverly Broom. We'll take a look at the details now. And the IMF is, has lowered Ghana's economic growth rate to 1.6% for this year. This lower compared to the 2.8% projected by the government of Ghana in the 2023 budget. George Riafe has the rest of the story from Washington, D.C. In the IMF's World Economic Outlook report released in Washington, D.C., USA, on the sidelines of the ongoing annual IMF World Bank spring meetings, the IMF in the report noted that the slow growth was based on some development in the global economy and how that will impact negatively on Ghana for this year. Now, this projection by the IMF is lower than government's own 2.8% forecast as captured in its 2023 budget presented by the finance minister, Ken Ofriata. The development might show that the IMF is not that confident about growth picking up strongly for this year compared to what Ghana recorded in 2022. The projection is similar to the World Bank as captured in its Africa Pulse report, which was released last week, that also forecast a growth rate of 1.8 percent ending 2023. If the IMF's projection is anything to go by, then there could be implications for government in terms of its economic projections for this year, especially when it comes to revenue for 2023. That was a business desk report put together by George Riafe. Now, the managing director of the Ghana Stock Exchange, Abena Amwa, has stated that activities on the bears is gradually bouncing back following a completion of the domestic debt exchange program. She's hopeful a successful deal with the IMF one economic bailout later in the year will also bring back confidence among investors. It's a big testament for us to the fact that we are declaring today that the market is open, that companies should talk to their advisors, put together their plans, go and talk to investors, and investors are willing 
to listen to well-run companies with plans to grow. So they give them money to execute what they are looking. So for that, for us at the Ghana Stock Exchange, we are optimistic that companies will take advantage of this opportunity and support investors that are looking for diversified products to invest in. That was Managing Director of the Ghana Stock Exchange, Abna Amwa. Moving on, as the capital markets begin regaining some confidence, many are worried about the kind of returns it will give to investors as ongoing negotiations with the IMF lingers. According to the president of the Ghana Securities Industry Association, Winston Nelson Jr., the industry is concerned about delays in getting an IMF deal. He told Joy Business that the postponement of the deadline for the agreement creates uncertainties on the capital market. When is the market going to fully reopen? You know, we had a market that was trading at a certain volume pre this program and it hasn't gotten there yet. The volumes we trade in a day are less than half what we used to trade the same time a year ago. There has been definitely haircuts on the in- on the coupons that people are getting. So there's a lot of uncertainty. Currently, I think our biggest concern is how is the market going to open and in what form? When is the IMF program going to end? When are we going to complete it? Because it becomes a key line item for us to close, for us to see the way forward. So these are some of the key things that that concerns our members. And remember that once volumes are down, businesses are kind of suffering in terms of their revenues. Definitely their revenues would also be down. But you know, in this environment, expenses and costs have actually been rising. So most of the people will be living on, will be having higher costs than their revenues. It is therefore important that the markets open quickly so that we'll be able to start at least breaking even or else we'll be booking losses for a longer period of time. Now, before I go, the Chamber for Young Entrepreneurs have bemoaned the complexity of Ghana's tax system. The Chief Executive Officer of the Chamber, Sharif Ghali, disclosed that most SMEs want to be tax compliant but are frustrated by the tax administration system. He called on the Ghana Revenue Authority to review some of the tax policies to make it easier for startups and SMEs to be tax compliant. We'll bring you that story uh, much more later uh, on. But that's how we and uh, news on Newsnight brought to you by MTN Business. Welcome to the new world of business, Ghana Pay and Alliance Life. MFA, over to you. Thank you, Bev. Is scheduled. Hitting the stop button on your alarm just in time for your morning joke. That happy moment listening to your baby's heartbeat at the doctor's office. On a range virtual meeting with that big client. Buy airtime ahead of time with scheduled airtime service on MTN Momo. You can schedule your airtime purchase of any amount daily, weekly, or monthly by dialing star 170 hash option 3 and follow the process. Or simply dial star 170 star 311 hash for a superb airtime purchase experience. You enjoy 100% bonus airtime anytime you recharge yourself with MTN Momo. Keep on talking with that 100% feeling. So, what are we doing today? MTN. Son, we are so proud of you for setting up this hospital. I really love those hospital beds and waiting chairs. By the way, did you import them? No, Dad, I didn't. I actually got them from Kindle Books and Stationery right here in Ghana. Wow. We also bought our office supplies, safes, executive desks, and chairs from Kingdom, and they gave us expert advice on how to set up our office. Guys, that makes three of us. I also got our sofa and bedroom sets, plus our dining hall furniture for our new home from Kingdom. Wow, Mom, that makes four of us. I usually get my stationery items from Kingdom. 
And my teacher also mentioned that our classroom furniture was provided by Kingdom. So there you have it. Whenever you're thinking about setting up an office or acquiring furniture for your home, etc., Kingdom Books and Stationery should be your first point of call. With over 14 years' experience in the industry, we stock and supply a wide variety of globally sourced office and home furniture, stationery, and equipment. Visit our head office, Osu Akwaje, or our office near the Osu Stadium. We're also in Tema Community 1, opposite Olam SHF, Kumase KNUSD Campus, UCC Cape Coast, and now at the Marina Mall, Airport City. Or call us 0302-764101-764209 or 7627092. Visit our website, www.kingdomgh.com. Yes, a live your news night is on Joy 99.7 FM. MFR once upon a time wanted to be a nurse. My father hmm? wanted me to be a nurse. Okay, good. Yeah. So you possibly <laughs> would have, if you had followed that dream, to UK. whether you would have worked in Ghana or possibly run away to the UK like most people have already done. But there's some message for yeah, those for health who will be hoping to run away and work in the UK. You may have to rethink that decision uh, because um, according to the UK government, Ghana is now among the list of 54 countries that should not be actively targeted for recruitment by health and social care employers in the country. Well, uh, the announcement was made by the UK government in its revised code of practice for the international recruitment of health and social care personnel in England. Well, the code states that some developing countries such as Ghana, Cote d'Ivoire and Nigeria should not be actively considered when recruiting health or care professionals. Maxwell Abuba has been taking a look at that code. Uh, he joins me in studio. Uh, so let's talk about the real reason behind this particular decision taken by the United Kingdom. Yes. So ever find the release on the National Health Service website, um, the UK government explained that the listed countries have a universal health service coverage index that is lower than 50 and the density of doctors, nurses and midwives that is below the global median, 48.6 per 10,000 population. Basically saying you do not have enough health personnel, mm. but you are spotting the few that you have and we don't want that to happen. So it appears as a government-to-government decision, I don't know, but can individuals apply despite the seeming ban? Well, we are told that health and social care organizations in England do not actively recruit from countries the World Health Organization recognizes as having the most pressing health and care workforce-related challenges unless there's government-to-government agreement to support managed recruitment services. Mm. The list, however, does not prevent individual health and social care personnel from independently applying to health and social care employers for employment in the UK of their own accord and without being targeted by a third party such as a recruitment agency or an employer. So essentially, individuals can apply but not through a recruitment agency or a third party. These are bad. Okay, yeah. so the other countries on the list is not just Ghana? Yes, some of the countries um, placed on the red list of no active recruitment under the code are Benin, Burkina Faso, Burundi, Cameroon, Cote d'Ivoire, Djibouti, Ethiopia, Gabon, the Gambia, Liberia, Malawi, Mali, Nigeria, Rwanda, Senegal, Sierra Leone, Somalia, Tanzania, Togo, Uganda, and more. Okay, thank you very much. That's uh, my colleague Maxwell Abogba with all the details. Uh, let's get some answers and uh, reactions to this. Let's speak to the uh, Ghana uh, Registered Nurses and Midwives Association. The General Secretary of the Association is David Tinkran and joins us on the line right now. Mr. Tinkran, thank you for your time. You're on night. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, good evening to you and your, your 
Uh, if I recall correctly, in December uh, 2022, in an interview, you said averagely between 400 to 500 nurses leave the country every month, and that you say they migrate to the UK, Ireland, Wales, Canada, US, and Australia. You said, quote, if we don't put in place measures to keep them in Ghana, uh, then we can lose all of them, and that's a problem for us, end quote. How is the Ghana registered midwives and nurses association receiving this news now from the UK? Problem solved? Yeah, good evening once again to your listeners. Um, question specifically. <laughs> this directive is much ado about nothing, as far as I'm concerned. Um, on the 63rd World Health Assembly that was held in, on the 23rd of May 2010, the WHO came out with global code of practice on the international recruitment of health personnel. And UK and most of these countries have virtually ignored that, that thing. What I know is that maybe the ongoing conversation where UK were trying to sign a deal with the government of Ghana to recruit uh, 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 and midwives and other healthcare workers is what might be affected by this directive. But as your reporter told you, it doesn't stop individuals uh, from applying to directly to uh, health centers, if you like, uh, hospitals in UK uh, to go and work. And currently, that's what is ongoing. And, and so it doesn't solve any problem, as far as I'm concerned. What might solve the problem? What might solve the problem is very simple. I made it clear to the government that they need to look at ways and means that they can intentionally or they can be intentional about retaining the people, providing better condition of service in Ghana. You and I know that we cannot pay commensurate salaries as being paid out there. It will not happen. We know it. But the push factors are so much. The salary levels, the condition of service in which nurses and midwives work in this country and doctors is appalling. And if we don't do anything about it, it's going to be worse. So we met government some time ago, met the minister, we have met even the president. And, and we outlined certain policies that were put in place by President Kufo in 2002, thereabouts. This is not the first time we are encountering such uh, attrition or exodus of nurses and midwives. Right, but I mean, they have not paid any heat to it, and that is where we find ourselves in this quagmire. And they will continue to leave. And let me take this opportunity to appeal to the sector minister, the minister for health, to remove the ban on clearance form. It falls flat in the law, and it is a fundamental infringement on the right of nurses and midwives and other health workers in this country. We cannot stop anybody from traveling. If they want people to remain in this country, they should improve their service conditions and they'll remain. Thank you very much, Dr. David Thinkrain. He heads the uh, Registered Nurses and Midwives Association. And that is an appeal that we can put to the Public Relations Officer of the Ministry of Health, Isaac Ofeba. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, we'll talk about what happens to our plans between the Health Minister and that we mentioned in December. But first, quickly, maybe you can give a response to David Tinkran on the ban on clearance forms. What really is the status of it? Yeah. Um, good evening. Um, good evening to your cherished uh, listeners. And what I can say is that currently, at the ministry, we are releasing clearance. 
Mm. A number of currents have been released. But then releasing the currents should be guided with a number of uh, terms and conditions. And so when at a point the ministry is facing challenges with regards to the number you are releasing out, it's like you have problem with your people, your, your workforce, and you are the same person releasing them out. Some have not even um, finished their bound. Some had even left already before they wanted the bound to be signed. Mm. And before you want the bound to be signed, you are, you are already not in the country. So those are the irregularities that compare the Honorable Minister to say that, hey, let's wait. Let's put all those things together. Those things have been sorted out. The consultation went far. And so currently, the Director HR is signing off some of these uh, clearance for those that are qualified to go. And so on that, this is what is going on. Okay. Well, also on the substantive issue, uh, the health minister, we know in December, reviewed that there will soon be some bilateral agreement between yes. the government of Ghana and the British government to send trained Ghanaian nurses to the UK in exchange for financial considerations. With what we are hearing from the UK with this revised code, what now happens to that plan? Yes. Um, what we are hearing now is an issue that has been taken care of. The ministry has gotten the information and the ministry also appealed to WHO to have a review because one, we are in talks with UK government. So we have a bilateral agreement. This is, this in a way is going to regulate the migration of our nurses in this country. These are nurses that you can't stop them from going on their own. But when we put a proper measures like the bilateral agreement, that the nurse is confident that I'm going on to get an knowledge impact, and I come back to serve my country. And they have the opportunity to go, and they have the opportunity to come back and work in Ghana. It's going to solve the issue of nurses living without the knowledge of the ministry or without the knowledge of the health sector. And so that bilateral agreement is ongoing. They are still discussing it. And when it is done, it will come to the public for everybody to say. But regarding to this red alert that came about, as I speak to you now, we are still recruiting. Last week, we went ahead and recruited a number of nurses. We are recruiting some of them. We recruited a number of doc uh, medical doctors. All these were done with the collaboration of the Nursing and Midwifery Council, the Medical and Dental Council. We put our heads together to manage the health workforce. And so we are well, of the... Well, well, correct me. I, I want to understand, just for further clarification, Mr. Ofeba, you're saying in spite of this uh, particular red listing, you are still recruiting for the UK or for where? No, for Ghana. Okay. Not, we are, you know, we write for clearance from the Ministry of Finance. And once we receive the clearance, we are able to recruit them and post them to their various workplaces in this country. I'm not talking about recruitment to the UK. I'm talking about recruitment in Ghana. Once this recruitment okay. is done, it means that it's going to increase our workforce base that they are talking about that we are... But are you looking at their conditions of service as well? Yes. The issue of condition of service has to do with the policies and management that governs it. And that one, I will not be in the position to talk about it now. But at the right time, we will meet them and then they themselves and then the Honorable Minister or government will come out with a statement to look at a, a, a holistic way of addressing their enumerations because it's, a, it's an issue that has been there since. This migration has been there since that 
uh, nurses move without the knowledge. They sometimes they even abandon their post. They go before they come back and say that I want my clients to go and practice there. Okay. We'll leave it here. Mr. Ofe, we're indeed grateful for your time. He speaks for the Ministry of Health. I don't know what you did um, during the Easter holiday. Um, I'm curious to know, but most of us spent it at the Wager Leprosarium mm-hmm. uh, for the Joy FM Easter Soup Kitchen. You want to tell us what you did? I, I was traveling. Okay. Um, so uh, I arrived in and I just uh, rested, I guess. Okay. Uh, but the youngest resident at the Wager Leprosarium has a harrowing tale of being abandoned and rejected by her own family upon discovering her leprosy diagnosis. The founder and the director of the Lepers Aid Committee, Father Andrew Campbell, recounted the rescue of the girl uh, from a family member who intended to use her for rituals. Father Campbell shared this heart-wrenching story at the risk enjoy fm isa soup kitchen event and my colleague michael ashali was in attendance and filed this report this is the wager leprosarium and this year joy fm easter soup kitchen is here we've used it in news we've covered stories but i have never personally been here and so i'm excited look i would cherish it all the way they've been stigmatized over the years is awful for this little girl hmm we sent a team up to Wa to distribute food. And in their distribution of food, they found this little girl. She was abandoned. The family have abandoned her. The mother ran away. The grandfather said she's not human because she's leprosy. And he wanted to do rituals. So they, they, they just abandoned her. We took her here. And we've had to bring her to so many doctors since she came here. One being the psychiatrist. Because she wouldn't talk, she, she, she just talks a little, she's learning how to talk. Mm. But she was so traumatized, there's stigmatization, a marginalization. I mean, one CD a day, it's not enough. Some of the residents also shared their talents with the crowd. For Joy News, Michael Ashali. Very interesting. You you were there, um, and and so uh, for those who helped us, we say a big thank you uh, for putting a smile on the faces of these young ones, but also the many who still find themselves at the Leprosilium. Mm-hmm. And it's time for Champions League action. It's the game we're all looking forward to. Manchester City, Bayern Munich, and the team led by Gary Al Smith. Yeah, in the studio. Hi, Gary. Hi, 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 Evans. <laughs> Rwanda Blue Boga. side. Rwanda, Rwanda Boga. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Charlie, Charlie, Charlie. Um, so I've not seen you since retirement. Like Rwanda Boga, how is it? I, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. I mean, I, I'm so. So Rwanda is Rwanda Abroche. Yeah, so just Abroche. 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 You know, there's a story of a church, right? Yeah. They said it's something, something international. And he asked him, what, what, like, why is that? And he says, it's, it's, when you pass a flower, it's in, it's in, Togo, it's in Togo. 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 It's in Really? Yes. You know, next Ghana month or something, we need to look into that. Like, what exactly is Abruzzi? Yeah. Like, is it like when you pass the Mediterranean or or you cross a river? Yes, Danny Cranton is here as well. Danny, <laughs> what is Abruzzi? Anywhere outside are, Ghana? Are you serious? Yes. So, Cote d'Ivoire is Abruzzi. It's Abruzzi. Okay, Abruzzi. Yeah. Listeners, zero five five one one one. 
1997. Like, I don't believe, I, me, I believe Abroche is like, you know, when you cross the Mediterranean. Yeah, when you, when you sit in an aeroplane and go to UK. But you see, you can sit in an aeroplane and go to Togo. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's Abruzzi. But so Evans, you say you are behind Manchester oh, City. No, 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 no. Bayern. Oh. Why? Oh, anything that puts uh, a dent in Pep's. Oh wow! You, you are know, for it. I'm wow. for it. Yeah. Pep is too good. You know, it's just it's too good. You <laughs> is, know, is it a crime to be too good? Sometimes you need the underdog. You know, to to you know somebody else to win it. You know, I mean. But Pep has not won Champions League. He's won it twice with Barcelona. No, he's not won Champions League with um, Manchester. Yes, Manchester. but you see, if if he struggles here, mm-hmm. it may affect them in the Premier League. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So that's my that's how I'm calculating it. Oh, and then Manchester United is in the Premier League. Oh, you right, get it. Right. right so he has right. to struggle here, get a defeat, knock them out, affects the team, and then maybe they get a wobble in the last eight games. Tally, this is a lot them. of calculation oh, yeah, 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 for yeah, not yeah, liking yeah, one person. But. <laughs> Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.